Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money on the 2020 election using online prediction markets. I'm David Reese, and I am joined by my friend John Kimball. Hi there, John. Hey, David. Just a quick note, guys. Starley is out this week. She's helping a family member with something. We do, however, have two special guests who we will introduce in just a moment. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina in his Senate re-election campaign. We're going to talk about the insane Democratic vice presidential markets, including Michelle Obama's presence on those markets. We might also touch on the (laughs) greatest news story of the past year, which is the French businessman who accidentally ejected himself from a fighter jet. And finally, the first mashup of the 2020 election season, the Maggie Haberman, Mark Meadows super mashup. But let's introduce this week's special guests. Ladies and gentlemen, podcast history made right now. The first ever election profit makers, celebrity guest investors, Janie Haddad Tompkins and Paul F. Tompkins. Hi. Hi. Hey, guys. Welcome to the lifestyle. (laughs) We're going to be talking to Paul and Janie about their uh, experience investing. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina because Janie has connections to South Carolina. And if there's time, John is going to talk to us about his favorite story of um, the coronavirus era, which is about the Frenchman who <laughs> hit the ejector seat. You guys know that story? Yes. Okay. I don't. I can so see Paul I'm smiling. Excited. That's the smile of a man who knows the ejector seat story. <laughs> but before we do any of that, let's briefly recap last week's bets. John Kimball, Anthony Fauci markets. Hot as ever. Yes, very hot, but sort of looks like it's it's uh, set to resolve now. Yeah, I bet last week that Anthony Fauci would still be the NIAID director by May the 1st. And when we were recording last week, he was trading at something like 80 cents. So we both bought into that, and he is now at 95 cents. We so are both I, in I the green. I went ahead and got out. No no sense. Uh, oh, really? Figured I'd get my money and just get out. It's you too risky to stick around. I'll do that right now. I'll get out too. Make a little money and get out. I'm out. I did it. That's incredible. <laughs> the internet can be so fast. All right. Um, before we get deep into uh, the trading lifestyle with Paul and Janie, I just wanted to acknowledge something. It's a little melancholy today, a little poignant, because today is 420, National Day of <laughs> Marijuana Remembrance. And I think the last time I saw you guys was when we went to go see Cats. That is correct. In the movie um, theater. That is correct. We had a double date. I may date. have yeah. had lunch with you. Oh, you and I, that's right. We had lunch. But What? In- <laughs> we had lunch in France a couple of weeks ago. It was totally normal. It was a business thing. We both wrote it off. But yeah, it was in France. Uh, no, the I last time we were it. the last time we were all together, we went to go see this crazy movie called Cats, mm-hmm. and I, speaking only for myself, had some 420 to uh, <laughs> enhance the experience. And it was really—I mean, it's a cliche to say it, but it really feels like a different world, especially with the movie Cats, because yes. that was a different world. We uh, we we had dinner together um, at Musso and Frank, famous uh, Hollywood institution, and then afterwards, uh, right immediately after dinner. Because we were going to walk to the theater, Janie and I uh, broke out our weed uh, in the form <laughs> of little candies, mm-hmm. and we ate them right there. David was very anxious about this because he'd never seen such a. Th- He's new to California, you see. I'm and new so, to this area. Yeah. Yes, and so he was uh, just gobsmacked that we were doing this in public without oh, fear. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, of of that was... uh, legal reprisal. <laughs> So funny on a and thoroughfare on a th- on the third right there taking in a, in drugs a, on the thoroughfare we were in a we were in a a classy restaurant behaving like some uh, hippies meanwhile totally able to order liquor with no problem out in the open it's very oh, true. true it's very true yeah alcohol is also a drug but a lot <laughs> yes, of people forget that david but, it's but it is um yeah I was and, just and, thinking, and, yes, and it really did uh, enhance the experience of seeing the movie Cats, for sure. That movie is it bananas. Made yeah. it bearable, is yeah. what it did. <laughs> yeah. John, have you seen Cats? I, I have not, but I've certainly read a lot about you it. You know the scuttlebutt, and, right? Yeah, I know the scuttlebutt. I mean, do you really need 420 for it to be weird? Or No, probably not. No, it is, it is weird on its own, but to really enjoy... 
enjoy it. I think. Okay. Yeah. I, I would say suffer. I would say it helps a lot. Okay. But did did we enjoy it? Because uh, yeah. I, I had kidding? a great. That was incredible. I had a great time. I feel like I spent time. half the movie just screaming. Yeah. I had a great time, but I don't think I enjoyed the movie. This isn't this isn't to say that the movie is good. No one's trying to say that, honey. Right. We're just saying that uh, it was enjoyable uh, in a. It was an enjoyable way. evening. It was, and well, I will say too, there were a few people who had the same idea. For sure. At the theater. Yes. And there was a bit of a Rocky Horror vibe. Yes. Where people were speaking at the screen and like anticipating certain things and stuff like that. We were at but the that, Chi- yeah. yeah. We were at the Chinese theater in a smaller screening room. Uh, I wouldn't even call it a theater. Um, wow. With with probably about <laughs> ten other people, and everyone was pretty much on the same page. I think there was closer to thirty people there actually. Really? Yeah, I was surprised, and in fact, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to just touch on this memory and, and its poignancy for me is because you go to a movie theater and you're with strangers that you'll never see again mm-hmm. for the most part and everyone is having a shared experience with this incredibly strange piece of culture mm-hmm. that is like a misshapen uh, golem that somebody threw together that's just not working the way it was working on the page and um, and everyone is having like Janie said that Rocky Horror picture vibe which is so rare uh for me i never i I so rarely find myself with a group of strangers and everyone realizes like oh let's just have fun like this is insane yeah let's all just have fun and whoop and holler and cheer and try to get catchphrases going and stuff like that you know i'm not getting a lot of that these days (laughs) no (laughs) these kind of fun spontaneous shared experiences Mm -hmm. in a shared space with people you know cheek by jowl all screaming in horror and delight at these little cats running around and the cats sometimes seem like they're 20 feet tall and sometimes they seem really really small it's kind of like a hallucination and there's there was mice that were there was mice and i think there was cockroaches there were definitely cockroaches yeah right (laughs) <laughs> I forgot the world about- was different back then when they put out movies like cats and now look very at true. us very true yeah. right. so weird that that was our last ex- shared experience as a culture <laughs> right <laughs> was people going to see that movie cats yeah <laughs> paul and janie let us know what have you been up to have you been making money have you been losing money are there markets you have your eyes on are you flummoxed are you depressed all these answers would be completely understandable What's going on? Janie, you got on it before me. Do you want to go first? Okay, so I like Flummox because I I guess I thought it was like a betting thing, but then it was presented as if it were like a stock market thing. And I did it and I got confused and I was like, wait a minute, am I investing in some kind of outcome or am I just betting like I'm in Vegas? However, I will say I sunk my entire amount in. I won't disclose how much it was, but sure. it was a lot. <laughs> John's eyebrows go up for the first time in two weeks. I was feeling it. Our accountant called us it and was, said, what are you guys doing? It was 20 It was $20. Oh, okay. And I put it all in and I won't know if I make any money until... Like a while from now, so. So do you want to tell us what you what you invested in, uh, and and what you bought, what price you bought it at? Okay, um, I am currently invested in the twenty twenty presidential election winner. Big market. I okay. bought nineteen dollars and eighty cents <laughs> worth of shares. And and who who did you bet on? Trump. Oh, I mean, is it polite to ask? No, I bet on Biden. <laughs> okay, you bet on Biden. You bet on what price did you buy Biden at? Forty-five cents. Right. So you would double your money if he won, almost. Yeah. Well, now, right? But it doesn't. Does it stay the same? Oh, because I bought in at that. It stays the same. Is that right? So the way Predicted works is all of these, all of these contracts are a binary, and you're ba- you're, you're you're betting on whether this event is going to happen or not. So Biden is either going to win or or he's not. Um, and when it is trading at something like 45 cents, that basically represents the percentage that the people on Predicted, the traders, believe the likelihood 
that something is going to happen. So they believe there's about a 45% chance that uh, Joe Biden will be will be the uh, the next president. And it looks like they believe that Trump has a 51% chance at this point, which is understandable, even even as Biden is the, uh, you know, maybe leading in the polls, he technically isn't even the nominee yet. So he probably still has more hoops to jump through to become president. So but then as we get closer to the election and the polling happens and everything, that number can go up and down, you know, it can go up to 47 cents or 55 cents. You know, Hillary was trading at something like 65 cents the day before 2016. So if you had bought Hillary at 45 cents, you could have sold her at 65 the day before the election and made money. So you don't have to wait for it to resolve. You can just, um, you know, trade on the price, which is always changing theoretically. Sometimes some markets change more than others, and they change based on news and things like that. This is, is that what we call of- wave riding, Janie, wave riding. <laughs> you can hop on and hop off at any time. You don't have to wait until the election to profit off your investment. If something right. crazy happens and all of a sudden Joe Biden looks like the world's toughest badass and everyone can't wait to vote for him, if his share price shoots up, let's say to like 70 cents, you could sell right then at 70 cents and you'd make a profit per share. So I might want to check on the day of like the convention or whatever. Right. Or every day and every hour and every minute. There you go. Oh, well, what do you do? Like set alerts or something for your phone? John, or? what do you do? Well, I just stare stare at it all day long. So, but yeah, some people have alerts and things like that. So, uh, it's probably better for your health to set alerts or just to check in on it every once in a while. Or, or you could do this: you could put in a sell order right now if it hits a certain amount. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I'm gonna do that. I'm doing that. That's how I roll. Can I? Can I say that this? <laughs> this is like. This is like my mom has taken me to the bank and I have to sit here while all of this is being discussed. Here is my uh, I, I I'm sorry. I <laughs> No, no, no. This is this is this is me because anytime anytime anything gets into math, I can vouch for that. That's where I I you check out. Check out. And this is why I've never gotten into gambling because it's it's a lot of it's a lot of playing math. It's a lot of figuring out, uh, making these predictions on, on an outcome that's going to happen that's based on numbers. And so when I was, I logged on to predictit.org. I, why is it an org, by the way? <laughs> because it's technically nonprofit. Right, 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 right. Although anybody can register a .org now. Right. They don't, it doesn't have to be. But yeah, it just gives them some some cachet to have that. Oh, It does give them a certain cachet. It's true. .org, right? The ascot of the web world. I did sit up a little bit straighter when I typed that address in. But uh, I, um, uh, so I get on there and then I realize, oh no, this is my worst nightmare is trying to figure this stuff out. It's a lot of numbers when you go on. It's all that it is. It's right. all that it is. And then the shares and then how much do you buy for each share? And um, so I, I spent 20 bucks. I wanted it to be over as quickly as possible because I I couldn't believe I still had money left over when I was buying things. <laughs> like, why is this happening? That's why I bought the one share in the tweet outcome. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. But but you don't want to leave money on the table. No, you know I I saying? did. I do have ten cents still left. Oh, I I'll uh, tell you where to put that ten cents. You can buy something. I know. I I know. I could. But here's the thing. I I am also a listener of election profit makers. I am a oh, big fan of the show. Have listened to, I've heard every episode, including the mixtapes. And so I tried to do a mixture of betting with my head and betting with my heart. Is it an IRA or a wishing well? This is the age old question for predicted. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I know that I just made bad decisions all over the place. But, uh, well, what did you bet on? I bet on will Donald Trump complete his first term? Now, I, oh my God. Oh I, my God. Of course he will. I'm right? so excited right now. I know this feeling so well, Paul. I know this feeling so well. It felt good to me to bet no. Yep. Just to just to say that. Just to just to click a box that said he will not finish his first term felt good to me. I just feel like that's a bad bet personally. Of course it is. I well I knew it was, but it still felt good to me to check that box. It's just like taking that 5 cent intention and putting it out in yes. the universe. I'm with you, man. Yeah. I bought two shares. If he dies of COVID before his term. Paul gets paid. Paul makes money. 
you still win <laughs> yeah. because even death is is yep. that's it, right. The markets are very exactly. literal. Exactly. Okay. If, if he, it's either he completes his first term or it doesn't. It doesn't yeah. matter if he resigns in shame or is impeached or trips over a necktie and falls into a ditch or is abducted <laughs> by aliens. It's just does he does he or does he not complete his first term? And if he doesn't. Your husband That's right. is a very rich man. Because I bought two <laughs> shares at 12 cents. Whoa! Whoa. That's almost a quarter! <laughs> <laughs> See, this is oh my God. I love this your idealism ridiculous. and passion. But it's you ridiculous. had $20. You had $20. I had $20. Well, I had other bets to make, honey. He's just oh, getting started. I see. You like to diversify your investments. I diversified my portfolio. Yeah, that's smart. You got to spread it around. This is the Paul F. Tompkins Predicted Index Fund. <laughs> I bought one share of uh, Will Will Steve King Be Reelected uh, in Ooh. Indiana? I bought Ooh. one share at 46 cents because I, I, why would they stop electing this guy now? You know what I mean? Wait, he's in they, Iowa, isn't he? In Iowa. Sorry, in Steve, Iowa. Yeah, yeah. Steve King. Um, Yes, I saw IA. But if he dies of COVID before 2020, okay, let's just uh, uh, let's just put that uh, uh, attach that to everything. If these people die of COVID, <laughs> I like to say it out loud. <laughs> no, I understand. She's putting intention out in the universe for free. Yes, I think they're still gonna they're gonna elect that right. guy. Yeah. I, you know why would they change their minds now? I bought 25 shares. Whoa! At 17 cents. That uh, Elizabeth Warren will be the the VP nomination. Interesting. That is up, I think. Since wow, you that. Paul, that is very interesting. What's the payout on that little wager? Well, everything pays out at at one dollar. So um, if you wait for it to resolve, then then you get one one dollar per share. If you bought it at seventeen cents, that's like five times your money right there. Minus fees. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, something like that. I <laughs> because mean. I I still don't know. I still don't know. Um, and then uh, which party will win Michigan? I I this was a I I still think the Republicans are gonna um are gonna come through for Trump despite all of this stuff because really because of the dumb protests. I think there's enough people in there that are like. Yeah, our governor does suck, that woman, you know. Right. They catch COVID in the um, protests. True, true. But I'm willing to wager there will be enough dumb people left alive in Michigan that will vote for Donald Trump. Most people recover from COVID, if anyone's listening. I don't want to spread misinformation. <laughs> my final bet, sort of with my head in in both ways, I've I voted that I, I bought... 25 shares that Biden will win because I don't want Trump to win. But I can't really say it's with my heart because right. well, I guess it's with my heart because I'm against Donald Trump. I, I want him. I mean, is this where I learned yeah. that you're OK with a second term? <laughs> you just mean that your passion for Biden is running a little cool these days. Yes, it's not as right. it's not as hot as my passion for Donald Trump to be voted out of office. Right, I understand. And, and you know, there is an option where you don't have to buy Biden; you could just buy no on Trump. So, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, that's the other side of it. You can buy yes or no on on all of these. So, or you could buy no on Trump and yes on Biden, which means got to be a smaller payout, though. Yeah. Saying. Well, no, no, it, because it well, it would either be. A double loss or a double gain if you if you bought oh. because if you bought no on Trump and then yes on Biden then you would make money on Trump when he lost and then you'd make money on Biden right right, right, right. It, it's kind of risky to do that yeah because it can it can backfire I wouldn't know anything about that doesn't seem sporting to me really <laughs> yeah it goes against the chivalrous culture of online <laughs> prediction markets. <laughs> Do you dress up before you trade? Do you put on a necktie like of course when I you're do. a kid I'm, and your I'm mom on takes the, you to the I'm bank? on the floor. I'm on the floor. You're, <laughs> I'm screaming and yelling. When your mom took you to the bank, was she like, now, Paul, we're going to the bank. You yeah. need to, to get dressed up like we're going to church. We're going to the bank now. I'm going to show you the bank. Yeah, yeah my, my short pants suit and my yeah. Buster Browns. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> David, your mustache, it's looking pretty good. It's really coming in. And there's some synergy between you and Paul mm -hmm. right now, at least on the screen. Paul and I are in two of the corners of the um, Zoom conference, and we both have our mustaches. That's right. I mean, Paul's is Better. certainly much well, more mature. Yeah. I mean, you know. My mustache is kind of like Janie's question about Predict It, which is I'm not sure if it's a gamble or an investment. 
Um, I guess time will tell. John, what do you think of Paul's portfolio? Are you open to notes, Paul? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) What would you do to punch up this portfolio? Uh, I don't know about the Michigan trade, Mm. betting that. So you think Michigan is going to go to Trump. And, and, And I do think that could happen. I'm not sure it's because of the protest. I mean, all the polling shows that two-thirds of Americans are for staying at home, including the majority of Republicans. So these protests are seem like they're more astroturfing than than anything else, though, though it could turn into something else. Yeah, I think that the longer people have to if they're already doing this, then I I can't see them I, I can't see this 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 idea not gathering steam the longer people have to stay inside. Wait, and you don't think they're going to learn their lesson? <laughs> and back down and be like, oh, we're sorry. We overreacted. We apologize. This is for the best of the country. I mean, it's possible. The crowds don't look very robust. No. Like, it's not a... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Like, it's not like the Women's Day march. Right. There's like... No, no, no. no, no. Ahoy polloi. But the fact, even if they are uh, astroturfed, I think they're not going to let up... I think whoever's whoever's doing that is not going to let up on this idea. And I think it's it's unfortunately going to catch... I think people are going to get caught up in that net. Um, I, I, I could be wrong, but I, I feel like the fact that there's anyone anywhere that is flouting this, and there are... You know, the people that are just going out for fun or whatever, the Florida beaches, all that stuff, uh, you know, human nature and American human nature being what it is. I think there's a there's a segment of the population that when Trump says, uh, hey, Michigan, your governor uh, sucks and and she is the reason that you're not getting what you need to get. They're going to actually take him at his word and say he's right. But then like her approval rating is higher than like the governor's approval ratings are like up in the 60s mm-hmm. and his are like low 40s. Governor Whitmer. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. People vote for incumbents and people like their hometown politicians and they they also, you know, in 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 crises they tend to vote for the person who's in who's already in office. Um so I don't know. I I can see how both could be true. So here's the other thing. You're 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 Two of your trades are in conflict. So if you're betting that that Trump is going to win Michigan, mm-hmm. then there's no question if Trump wins Michigan that he's going to win the election. So is that true? I thought there were several paths. Yeah, I mean theoretically, but in 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 the way that the order that the 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 states fall, mm-hmm. all Trump really has to do is win one of those midwestern states. Right. See now, so I, I was not it, even doing that, putting that much thought into it. <laughs> right. So, but so if he were to win uh, Michigan, which is the least likely of right. the Midwestern states, uh, depending on whether you consider Pennsylvania Midwestern or not, but um, I don't. That, Paul, what do you yes, think? Yeah, You're from Pennsylvania. Yes, no, I right. am. But, but parts of it are a little Midwesterny, right? Mm. You know, Pittsburgh. They say pop and stuff, right? I mean- <laughs> That's that's entirely oh, yeah. possible. I've never been to a to a part of Pennsylvania where they say pop, and I never will go. <laughs> okay. Wow! All right, you heard it here first. I'm on the record. So, I I abs- I totally see what you're saying. I totally see what you're saying. Okay. But I, again, I did not. What if Biden wins Arizona, which they're sort of and hinting that is, at? That is the point that you you brought up an excellent point. That is the thing. But if Trump wins Wisconsin. And then Biden wins Arizona. It doesn't matter. But if Trump wins Michigan, then there's no question he's going to win Wisconsin Mm. because Mm. Wisconsin is redder than Michigan. So, John, you're saying that Paul has an ontologically inconsistent portfolio right now. Yeah. And he he could argue that he's sort of hedging his bets. Mm. What about Florida? What if Biden wins Florida? Biden could win Florida too, but uh, but again, if you're looking at the way the tipping points, and I th- I think Biden is going to win Florida. You do? I Wait, what? I do. Yeah, I really? think Biden. That's kind of mage. I think it's more likely <laughs> than not that he that he's going to win Florida, in which case he's definitely going to win Michigan, and he's going to win that the election. Way, John, from your lips, because 
I feel like Florida is like always a disappointment starting know, in 2000. But, but we're just looking at, well, 2000, certainly. But, but Gore. How about starting when he became he, a he, state? He kind of won. He <laughs> kind of won right. Florida in 2000. The crocodile's on alert. <laughs> he did, but like, I was shocked that Trump won Florida in 2016, to be honest. I was too. Because I thought there were like all these like northeastern transplants and. But there's a lot. There's a lot of um, white working class non college in Florida as well, and that that's why he did so well. Mm. But the polling right now shows him not doing so well. And I know that the polling was wrong in 2016, but the pollsters have adjusted, and they do have tons of white working class in their you know, their makeup of their polling right now. So, well, supposedly Biden has a white working class appeal, right? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's sort of the whole point of why we went with the safe dude instead of uh, the outlier. White working class voters love men over the age of 300. They really do. They love, they old love men. the oldest, the oldest, they say, whitest. Not old enough. Bring me someone male- from the back of the box. <laughs> Maleest. I want the oldest one you've got. The crustiest. Like yeah. it's you know. I mean, fine. Smells like mothballs and World War II documentaries <laughs> on VHS. Bring me that one. Can I? Can I say that a thing that I I've been thinking about a lot the past couple years. Uh, since this election has been happening is anyone, any man over the age of, I think once, once you're approaching 70, (laughs) once you're approaching 70, you should have put the idea of running for president behind you. Yeah. You should not still yeah. be thinking. Yeah, yeah. It's why like learning to play the violin. I should be in charge. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why is it such like an old person thing because it's that's what you that. see and because that's you know they think like what other type of person would be president yeah right like it's it's, it's become the new yeah this is the new normal is that senior citizens run for president <laughs> <laughs> yep. and the, and this is what we want this is what we want we want old people to be in charge and don't you remember thinking at some point, you must have, because I did, and you and I are exactly alike cognitively, <laughs> that when Obama became president, it was like, that's it. No more old guys. I no more that, baby boomers mm, and I, no more old guys. I think Only that young do, people now. I think that idea was in the back of my mind. You know, like there was there was a feeling of, well, this is how it should be. Like somebody at that age is a is a great they still have the energy and the 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 brain power to handle this huge job and it's not necessary. And it's like their ego is in the right place of like, yes, this is somebody who's a vibrant person that is saying, yes, I, I should be the, I should be the person doing this. You know, I still have my high flute and ideas about myself in the world. And then when you get to, when you get to be an old man, you should be saying, oh, that's foolishness. I, <laughs> I'm done thinking that way. We're such a weirdly hypocritical culture too, because we treat our seniors so bad. And like, true. if yeah. you watch, if you watch TV, like all the ads about seniors are like how, you know, like you need all this help and pills and stuff. And, and yet like we want to crown like the oldest person living to make all the most important health be king of the world policy. Yeah. Like <laughs> right. policy yeah. decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And then they don't like really do much to help them out. They're like, we were going to cut your social security and your Medicare. And it's like, what? <laughs> You're old. You should be helping them. <laughs> but I think a lot of older people are in denial about their age. And are in denial about what stage of their life they're in. I think you will never hear Donald Trump say, you know what? I'm just such an old sack of shit. God, like even getting out of bed in the morning. I'm just so fucking old. He'll, he'll, he'll you know, he'll be in denial about it forever. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biden, like, I, I, I think that's the subtext of his recent performances. He's basically mm. like broadcasting this thing like, y'all know I'm old, right? Okay, just check, just, just checking in. Still old out here. Let's do it. Back to the basement. He's leaning into it. Yeah. I do. I am curious about his antibody situation because I wonder if like sexually transmitted diseases like protect you from COVID or something. Because how does he not have it? You're saying that Trump has so many STDs, he's just built up an impenetrable crust that keeps That's COVID my, from 
entering his nasal passages? That's my thesis, but like, I need some blood testing to find out. Mm. And like, if I were Dr. Fauci, I'd be like, dude, just give me like a vial. He's like, you're a once in a lifetime specimen. Mr. President, you have to let me run some tests on you. You gotta let me run some tests on you. Please. Like the NIH or whatever, or what is what is it called? The NIAH, whatever Fauci does. N-I-A-I-M-H. N-I-M-H. N-I-A-I-D. He's like trying to find a vaccine. They started in January, and I feel like he's been standing next to the vaccine this whole time. But that's because Trump has spent so many hours in the biggest breeding ground of disease in the Western Hemisphere, which is Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> I that know. That whole place yeah. probably just turns you into, if you can if you can survive a couple weekends at Mar-a-Lago, you're probably invincible. You, you know? could go into outer space. It's like, uh, do you guys remember this German novel that came out about, I don't know, 15 years ago? It was called Wetlands. Does that mean anything to you? It sounds familiar. No. Yeah. Anyone listening to this podcast, go look up... <laughs> This German novel called Wetlands. Okay. If Wetlands was a golf course, that's what Mar-a-Lago is. <laughs> Wetlands is about a woman who like, it's like body horror erotica. So she's like wiping her labia on dirty toilet seats and like putting avocado <laughs> pits inside her. It's like really extreme. It was like a sensation. <laughs> it was a publishing this sensation. This is a genre I've never heard of yeah. until just now. Um. Anyway, that's what Mar-a-Lago basically was. <laughs> germs upon germs upon you know probably germs <laughs> yeah. so big you could see them right like you thought it was a creature or not it's just a super germ from mar-a-lago yeah front desk Trump's- there's there's a germ in my room could you come get yeah, it yeah exactly exactly but that's germ theory and covid is a virus that's the same mistake that trump made i don't want to make the same mistake ready for some germ theory hey yeah <laughs> check out my one 100 tweet thread that was amazing Janie, I'm surprised that your portfolio had no investment in South Carolina. I know. Why might that surprise me? Because I grew up there. And there's a big Senate race (laughs) in South Carolina, isn't there? There's a big old Senate race to unseat Aunt Lindsay. (laughs) Oh my God, is that what you guys call him? Yeah. Oh, I, I never heard everyone that. called him. I have not heard that. Is I've that, never you heard, haven't heard that. Aunt no. Lindsay? That no. might be locals only. I've never heard that. Explain is that. Is that a South Carolina <laughs> thing? <laughs> Explain who Aunt Lindsay is. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know why he's called that. I don't know if it has if it's some like indirect veiled sort of you know, politically incorrect and insulting reference to the fact that he is a closet homosexual. I'm going to posit it is 100% that. Oh, well, you're you out. Let's hear. Let's hear the other options. Yeah. Or that he ants. just is like a. He's just like a clucking hen, that it, you know, like is the most fluid, ideologically person. Whatever is like self-serving to him, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Classic like, aunt, like an aunt is. Yes, exactly. like your aunt. <laughs> like yeah. your like aunt. my aunt. Yeah, she has no <laughs> core of beliefs. It's like yeah. whoever's. Whoever's carving the Thanksgiving dinner, that's who my aunt is throwing all her She says behind. somebody sucks, then that person right. humiliates her, and then right. she becomes uh, the biggest supporter. Right, their biggest booster. I have a, yeah. a question about an Aunt, aunt Lindsay and his ilk. Is like, okay, so basically you have ideology. You go to law school. You're like, I'm going to get into politics. I want to make my state better, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, you get in there, okay, and then suddenly you're just about like your own special interests and like causing divisiveness or whatever. Is that like a feature of like no term limit? Like, do you become like psychologically uh, like scarred from being in that role? You're saying you does being saying? a senator and having that power fuck up your head? Yeah. Because uh, like, I think is the it answer is yes for many people. Or do you start as someone who's totally messed up? There's probably a lot of self-selection, and then there's probably a lot of behavior reinforcement once you're inside that institution, right? I just don't understand how you can watch playback of yourself like being total, <laughs> right. you know, like crazy bootlicker it's, for this I, person that he even said was he even said yeah. it's like just during. That- but I, I think that the to prime. me is is the game laid bare, is that all of these guys, all of those guys in 2016 were like, Donald Trump is a dangerous maniac. 
Um, he shouldn't be president. And now all of them, all of them are saying Donald Trump is great. He's right. What he's doing is good. Everyone should lay off him. You know, there's not a single person, I guess, Mitt Romney one time, you know, but even Mitt Romney went sniveling, was a sniveling worm, had that meeting with him. McCain, I guess. McCain, yeah. And then I don't know. But it's, it's, that is the game is that. All of these guys flip flop all the time. They're constantly doing this. It's just you know being but in politics is, like, is just so about performative. Like, I know. I because they don't care. They don't care. Yeah, it's like, a big suppose, game. It's a big game. Yeah. Supposedly, like even Trump himself is like super chummy and jovial with the press, and then as soon as the cameras go on, he's like, "You're a liar. You're fake news." And then relax, the camera goes relax, off, and he's relax. Ew, ew, stop, stop. <laughs> yeah, it's WWE, basically. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. And it's like, well, that's that's worse. Because oh, it's, it's not a purity of... Of course. It's so dispiriting. It's ideology. so dispiriting, yeah. Like there's no conviction, I guess, is what you would call it. It's a shapeshifter. This is why I get when people... I didn't understand it at first, but when people say, I'm not going to vote or I'm going to protest vote or whatever, like... To me, it's it's I think of it as as very binary that every vote counts. And if you don't vote, you're 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 part of the problem and all that. But seeing how fucked our system is like, I get why somebody would say, I just can't bring myself to participate in this. It just feels bad. That said. This election, I feel like. I'm I'm not psyched to vote for Joe Biden. You know what I mean? But when I think about that people I think about like the the Bernie argument that a lot of people were using. It's like, "Oh, you're not going to vote for Bernie, so you want people to die?" That's how I feel about if you don't vote for Joe Biden in this election. No, it's not great. And yes, it does feel bad to participate in a broken system and and feeling like you're perpetuating the brokenness. But we have we now seen how bad it can be. Like absolutely how bad it can be. The open grifting and greed and incompetence that's happening. I feel like that's enough for me to say, okay, I'll vote for Joe Biden rather than stay yeah. at home or Well, or not I didn't in. like a lot of the candidates in the primaries. No. So you can't. Yeah. And honestly, too many people to like. There should not have been one male candidate in that pool, in my opinion. In in this last in the the last uh, Democratic primary. Yep. What if there had only been one and then they went on to win the nomination? So at least we could wind up with two old guys running for president. (laughs) That's kind of what happened. Yeah. No, it's insane. Paul is Paul is channeling. Probably not for the first time in his life, Noam Chomsky, because Noam Chomsky blew everyone's mind by basically being like, yeah, I'm fucking voting for Joe Biden. You think I'm insane? <laughs> Everyone was like, Noam Chomsky? No. What are you talking about? Noam's no, like, Uncle yeah. I, and I remember Chomsky making the same argument that he was going to vote for John Kerry over George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. Noam Chomsky, the most famous left-wing intellectual in a probably 20th century American history, he's saying in his incredible high-energy speaking style, which is like, everyone must admit that that put... He's, but he's like, yeah, this is insane. If I don't vote for John Kerry, <laughs> fucking George Bush is going to launch six more wars. Of course, I'm going to vote for John yeah. Kerry. Yeah. Fuck my fuck. Fuck manufacturing consent and all that stuff. Like, let's, we got to get the job done, people. Yeah. I'm Noam Chomsky out here. Let's go. <laughs> go, Joe Biden. Yeah. Well, I agree with Noam Chomsky. I mean, there's like reality to deal with. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And incremental so. change in working within compromised institutions and doing what you can within. Hopefully, God willing, the only 20 minutes it takes you to vote on one Tuesday morning in November. Yeah. You know what I mean? And again, I, mean, I, I get why when it's when it's laid out like that, it does. It's extremely dispiriting. It's extremely discouraging. However, the I, I feel the same way that the facts are the facts. And this is this is what we this is what we got to do. So let's talk about South Carolina for one second. Lindsey Graham. Mm hmm. Challenging um, Aunt Auntie Linz. Auntie Lindsay has been senator since I think 2002. He's an institution at this point. One of Trump's biggest critics before Trump was elected, and now incredibly one of Trump's biggest toadies and sycophants. They golf every every other day, right? 
Yep. He said he was never going to read any of that Russian stuff. He didn't want to look at the reports that were submitted because he knew it was all BS. Then he turned around and went crazy about Hunter Biden. Yeah, and um, he was a big hawk on yeah. Russia before all this. Right, yep. He has a Democratic uh, challenger, Jamie Harrison, the former chair of the state Democratic Party. And this week, Jamie Harrison and Lindsey Graham released their fundraising records. Jamie Harrison actually outraised Lindsey Graham. I think that's the first time that's happened since 2002. Mm-hmm. John Kimball, yeah. does this make yeah. a difference? No, it doesn't make a difference. It. I mean, it, it's nice. It, it's nice that he, yeah, he raised something like seven and a half million dollars. But uh, you know, all the experts, which I read all the time, like the Cook Political Report, they still have it as solid Republican mm. because uh, Trump won South Carolina by fourteen points mm-hmm. in twenty sixteen. I, I don't think it'll be by that much in twenty twenty, but it's still probably going to be double digits. And that will be enough for Graham to get pulled across the finish line. Get on those coattails and keep riding. Yeah. I do think that Jamie is a quality candidate. And I also uh, think that in a way, Biden helps his candidacy because he's exciting to those that Southern African-American um, sector of the Democratic Party. Right. Jamie Harrison's African-American. Lindsey Graham is white, just to be clear about everything. And I do think that Jamie Harrison is running a very energized campaign from what I can tell. I mean, I am Facebook friends with him. I've never met him, but he accepted my Facebook friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> what he needs to do is get like that upstate Greenville area, like that rural area of South Carolina and turnout is the only way he could possibly even bring in the numbers, in my opinion. Yeah, I think he could win in a, in in a landslide type of situation where you know everything goes. If if North Carolina and Georgia go, you know, it's mm-hmm. like dominoes falling with uh you know the communists. South Carolina is going to be right there in the middle, so th- there's a possibility. The one tiny little glimmer in South Carolina was the district where I grew up turned blue after like 20 years or something. Right. What for which election? 2018. The midterms. Yeah, I can't remember who. Joe Cunningham, but he's kind of like a, he's kind of like a Republican. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the way. That's the only way you can win in the South. He's just, I mean. His whole thing was climate change, and and all of those coastal people wanted to protect their beachfront property, mm-hmm. and so they voted for him. Yeah. And he's like nice looking, and kind of you know like okay. I, don't know. <laughs> I listen. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> John, speaking of incumbents and Mossbacks, there's a lot of activity in the market. Who will be the Democratic vice presidential pick? There's an old familiar face here. I can't call her a Mossback because she's too young and only spent eight years in D.C., but I notice Michelle Obama is getting some wishing well action because she's trading at nine cents to be the vice presidential nomination for the Democrats. Nine cents. Yes. This weekend, some columnist came out with this this column from the New York Post saying that Biden was going to choose Michelle Obama as his vice president. And um, then once he won, he was going to step down and she was going to become the president. And mm-hmm. then she was going to pick Barack Obama as her VP, ah! <laughs> which is ridiculous. But this, this is the type of thing that is predicted. And then gold. she steps down. Yeah. <laughs> right. And okay. Sasha. And then Joe yes. Biden becomes a vice president again. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then you so, trade me your Han Solo and I'll trade you my Boba Fett. And then I'll take the Boba Fett and I have two bubble gum packs. And if I take those over to Tony, then Tony will let me play with the Millennium Falcon for 10 minutes. And then what I'll do is I'll hide the bubble gum in the Millennium Falcon. All that guy had to do was read her memoir because she does not like politics. Like exactly. famously. Like famously. Has- and like there's like a long chapter that is literally like the final word on her entering yes. the political political sphere and it is in print yeah and she's had she to heard that people saying that shit 500 you know? times right. like she's yeah, had yeah. to like address yeah. it 500 it must be like when you know like when brad and jennifer broke up and it was like every time he went to the store there was something about like him and angelina it was it's like the same it's literally like the same it's literally the same 
It is. But that is not how Predict It works because there's pl- so much dumb money on Predict It. So when this came oh. out, I was immediately like, oh, this is great. This is great news. <laughs> She's going to spike. And she she did. She went up to 11 cents. She was trading at 5 cents, which was ridiculous already. It should be but like you, negative cents. Of course. So I I went in and maxed out $850 on no. So if, if, Michelle, so if Michelle Obama becomes VP, I'm going to be poor. You drain that but, I mean, wishing that's free well. Money. You get every drop out of that wishing well, John Kimball. Yeah, I mean, drain that's, that's 100 I'm going to make $100 on that. I want to place that bet. I'm ready to place. Yeah, this is what John Kimball does. He rides waves. He looks that for the dumb money, money and he shorts the dumb money. I'm adding. I'm adding it money to my doing? account. Do it, Jamie. Right now. I'll keep Paul distracted because that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like any <laughs> that, that guy probably has a predicted account. He's got like three thousand yeah, on that. Exactly. That guy's like, oh. I know I'm a journalist and I took an oath of office or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but you should see my predicted account because right. it is maxed out oh. on my column. We had a guest analyst on a few weeks ago who was a big Joe Biden <laughs> fan, and he advised me to go all in on Amy Klobuchar. As the vice oh, presidential that's pick. right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I've got my money. I'm up a little bit. Amy Klobuchar is running a hot second to Kamala Harris at 24 cents. What do you guys think about Klobuchar? John Kimball? I am no on everybody in this market right now. I'm, I'm practicing what's sort of known as uh, negative risk. But I am actually yes on Klobuchar. Oh, you think she will be the pick? I, I think... There's a better chance than not that she'll be the pick. If she's not, I'm going to lose a little bit of money on all these others. If she is, I'm going to double my money. So I figure, eh, this is one I'm going to I'm going to try to to go for it. Now, if it's Michelle Obama, I'm in I'm in big trouble. <laughs> you lost a the lot of money. The thing is, I am also almost maxed out on no for Elizabeth Warren, and mm. I'm getting a little nervous about that. I really thought there was no chance it was going to be Warren, but there's been a lot of I you know. I thought that I think it's going to be Warren. I thought there was no chance it was going to be Warren too because I'd heard that they hate each other. What? Uh, but yeah, I'd heard that they they do not they absolutely do not like each other. But that um, I never heard that. If somebody I could see the idea that uh, they want to they want to court um, progressive voters in some way, uh, and they feel like that will you know not, that will bring some people on board. Um, but I also, I mean, the the party being what the party is, Klobuchar seems like that could be absolutely a thing that could happen. She could be the Tim Kaine of, you know, um, the one that just brings it election. across the finish line and fires everyone up and is just like an immortal personality that gets everybody. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to make an argument. <laughs> I don't think Klobuchar is comparable. Let to me make Tim an Kane. argument about Tim Kaine, though. Tim Kaine did not cost. Hillary the election. No, Tim he Kane didn't. Didn't hurt he Hillary didn't, in any way. No, but he, he, he also he also didn't help Hillary in any way. He didn't bring anything to the table. But you know, Trump Spanish. had to you know thread this needle, and he did yes. it, and he did it with a lot of help from a lot of other things. So I'm yeah, not yeah. going to blame that on. No, Tim no I'm, Kane. Not, I'm not. I'm just saying that Tim we Kane don't blame was, Tim Kane on this podcast. I'm just saying Tim Kane was Tim Kane a completely boring choice, and right. he was right. a surprising right. you know. choice. Yes, he was but surprisingly Klobuchar boring. Klobuchar is this Midwestern white Zadist. vanilla, and that is who <laughs> we are trying to get. Yeah. So why don't we double why down on Whitmer? our white boringness centrism? Whitmer, I bringing think it back be, around. Why not yeah. Whitmer? Because she I gets Whitmer, under somebody's skin whose skin yes. needs to be gotten under. Oh, I don't know enough about Whitmer yet. And I don't know enough about her executive experience. And in, in talking about executive experience, I love Stacey Abrams and everything. And she is just smart and as sharp as you can be. But she just doesn't have that experience of just being in the, the Georgia State Senate. So she, she's someone I, I can't see it being. But, John, but she's out hustling for that job. She's out making the case. What, I, about, I the, know she what about the fact that she recently revealed one of her favorite books is Atlas Shrugged? I know that was what? weird. What? <laughs> yeah. What? That was wild. Maybe, so so, that, maybe, so that's maybe she like will appear. Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Fake, Abrams. That's fake yeah. news. Whoa. No, it's not fake. No. She, she no, said she liked real. that book. Yes. She's like Joe Rogan. You can't put her in a box. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's weird. 
Yeah, it was very weird. She's a big she's a big sci-fi fan. She's a big Star Trek fan. Right. Yeah. And uh maybe the world building of Atlas Shrugged <laughs> appealed to her. What a world. What a world. Paul and Janie, it's been a pleasure talking to you today, but before we let you go, why don't we just take a moment and talk about some of the other news? Now, I just checked the predicted markets. There is no market for this. But John, why don't you bring us up to date on the French ejector seat situation? <laughs> I love this story. In the second I read this, I was laughing out loud. <laughs> it's so I cr- was crying. I was so skeptical. <laughs> and then I was crying. So the story, for those who have not heard it, a 64-year-old French civilian was given an opportunity to take a joy ride in a French fighter jet that his colleagues gave to him. And then he accidentally ejected himself <laughs> out of the jet in a panic, like just after they took off. Now, he was not hurt, but I mean, this guy had no military training. He was terrified, apparently, he reported that he wasn't really paying attention in the safety setup, that when he ejected, his helmet <laughs> flew off because he didn't have- <laughs> didn't have his helmet on correct correctly i mean <laughs> and he, he did, not, hurt? He did not want to do this in the first place that's what's so he, crazy that's, about that's, it that's, that's the what part is I so love. crazy right he said he, he did this because he did not want to be rude his his co-workers uh. are like we got you a great gift you're gonna go up in a in a fighter jet and fly around this guy's thinking, man, what do I care about fighter jets? I don't want to do that. Like, yeah. let's just go have a drink or something. You're like, yeah. no, it's going to be great. Now you got to do the safety training. Then he's apparently like really anxious during the safety training because he actively doesn't want to do it. Yeah. But he has to do it. So the pilot's probably like, yeah, and here's the button. Never press this button. Uh, you can do this with the straps to be safe. And this guy's like, his head is just a buzz. <laughs> Then they fly up in the air and they do a roll or something. So he feels that they do... They uh. do something where you feel like you're upside down. Your brain gets confused and you think you're upside down. He panics. He hits the button. He flies out of the plane. I mean, How high were they? Can you imagine what like he's thinking? 2,400 like, feet. You've got to be fucking kidding me. I don't understand you're telling how me I just he hit the ejector seat? I'm flying through the air. Now, I you... never wanted to do this. And now I'm flying through the air in an ejector seat. In no, a David chair. Wrote to me in a text, David was like, can you imagine this guy? This guy was like, when it happened, he was like, yeah, I'm pretty cool. <laughs> I still don't understand how you can eject from over 2,000 feet in the air and not sustain any injuries. So he, he had a, you know, a parachute that opened up and brought him to the ground, but I, I think he was roughed up. That was probably know. the longest parachute ride of his roughed life. Roughed up. So wait, so they strapped a self-doing parachute on him. I didn't know that. SDP, like, yeah, did I, it- I think you get ejected <laughs> with with the seat. So so the, the parachute must be attached to the, right. the seat, which you are buckled into. So oh. when he ejected, and, and the other thing was, apparently when you get ejected, the other person is automatically supposed to be ejected. because Everybody out. Everybody out. If someone's ejecting, it means the plane's going down. And that apparently failed. So the other pilot was still flying without a canopy which isn't safe jesus and and he he managed to to land obviously but he must have been thinking what the hell just happened that's amazing he's like that dude just ejected himself that pilot's name chesley sully sullenberger (laughs) (laughs) that is so wild anyway just wanted to have some good news for once and the guy is totally safe good news and uh, his coworkers, news. they probably laugh. I don't actually, do you think they laugh about it? Or do you think he's like, honestly, like, I'm quitting my job. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forgive you for putting yeah. me through that. Yeah. I didn't want to go on the plane. When did I ever mention that I wanted to fly in a fucking <laughs> fighter plane? We've been coworkers <laughs> yeah. for years. What do I talk about? Yeah. My grandchildren, books and magazines and TV shows. You never heard me talk about how I want to go fly around in some fucking jet. Then I'm so nervous I can't do the safety instructions. And then I eject myself. Public humiliation. People look up over a farm field and they see me 
floating to the ground in a fucking chair? Are you crazy? I quit. Thanks for nothing. That was the worst birthday present ever. I love that guy. It's like, how hard is he to buy for? A gift certificate, Janie. A gift certificate. That's what I'm saying. It was millennials because they were like, he needs experiences over possessions. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's probably what it was. And then they were like, oh, Memories are more important than t-shirts and DVDs, man. No. Memories <laughs> no. suck. DVDs and t-shirts forever. You're not going to go flying through the sky <laughs> over a DVD. It's a it's a tremendous story. Maybe they didn't like him. Maybe they wanted him to die. Oh. That's dark. <laughs> I didn't think that's about that. That's a bold theory. <laughs> Hiding They're in like, plain this sight. This what's going to happen. He'll panic. He'll hit the ejector. Make sure the ejector seat button is really big. Paint it bright red. And disconnect <laughs> yeah. it from the pilot's ejector seat button. And then right. we'll say. Yeah. All right. Maybe you're right. Yeah. It is yeah. dark. No, I, I feel think like you just convinced me that. A- along with running for president, I think when you get to a certain age, the only <laughs> gift that you should get is like a fucking bottle of wine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what do you need? If you're in your 70s. A nice bourbon. or Yeah, yeah. something like, something you can consume. In the home. In the home. You don't. Yeah. Why are you, that's all, I'm I'm not even that old and that's all I want. I don't want any more, I don't want any more presents. In the home, it has to be something that you use in the home. Yeah, a home experience, a home-based experience. Swiffer refills. Yeah, oh, there right. we go. I mean. Toilet paper. That's the high commodity right now. It's true. Swiffer refill. Yeah, I only have one roll left. John, do you have any further questions for our guests? <sighs> No, no, I don't at this point. All right. You guys were great. Well, are you going to put any you. more money into Predicted, Thanks, do you think, or are you one and done? No, I feel like I wasted my $20 and that's it for me. <laughs> okay. I'm going all in on uh, Michelle Obama not getting the VP. You're going to short Michelle Obama? Right. Yeah, that's better than a CD right there. Yeah. You'll get, yeah. It's free money. Because it's, it's free, free money. money. It's free money. Paul and Janie, do you have anything you'd like to promote here in the waning moments of this podcast? I know you two have a podcast. Yeah, speaking of podcasts, we have a we started a podcast in quarantine called Stay F Homekins. And it is just the two of us. Stay in F home. We're staying We're home. Staying F home. Staying F home. Yeah, and we we just chat about our week. We have our little date night, and uh, and we talk. And some people have found it very it's um, romantic. Very, it, it's very romantic. <laughs> so some people have found it very very soothing, and and like uh, like having friends over in their home. And that's that's kind of the the thing that we're going for. It's a comfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and we we record it Friday nights, and we we put it out that same night. Like as soon as we're done talking, we upload it, and, and it's out there. It's and we're loaded when we do it. Now we we're beginning to get loaded. That's an we're important. We're getting our buzz on. <laughs> we, be- <laughs> we begin our. We have. We each have a drink, and then uh, and that's the that's the beginning of our date night. It is amazing. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, we really appreciated it. And thanks um, for having us. I hope once all this yeah, mess is behind you. us, we can find a theater and go see Cats again. Inshallah. Oh, we will. I'm. I'll be the first post vaccine. I am everywhere. John, I want to talk to you very briefly about a very interesting um, coronavirus briefing. Oh, it's interesting. I want to talk to you briefly about a briefing. Right. In that case, the adverb "briefly" kind of is doing two things at once. Anyway, John, I'd like to talk to you at great length about a coronavirus briefing held by Donald Trump. Uh, do you want to uh, set up this next clip? Sure, sure. So last week, Maggie Haberman, who's the chief political correspondent in the New York Times, wrote one of these palace intrigue stories uh, about Trump's new chief of staff, Mark Meadows. Mark Meadows from North Carolina. Exactly. And she has said that Meadows has had some of the same problems that frustrated his past three predecessors and that it also hasn't helped that uh, he has been very emotional and has a tendency to cry. So apparently on at least two occasions, one in front of Kushner and another in front of uh, lowly aide, he apparently cried over some staffing issues, and this has not helped him with his White House colleagues. And the sources also say that Trump sees his crying as, you'll be surprised, a sign of weakness. (laughs) Yeah. As someone who's done my fair share of crying over the past couple of months, I would say at least I've never cried in front of Jared Kushner. 
That's like a whole new level. If you're crying in front of Jared Kushner, your life is in a not great place. Right. Not good. Anyway. So then Trump went ahead and had one of these, you know, his five o'clock follies where he talks for three hours about coronavirus and everything he's doing. And only the coronavirus and only discusses the science that undergirds the coronavirus <laughs> and epidemiology. Exactly. These amazing three hour spontaneous lectures on epidemiology and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And then he, he decided to go on a rant and take on uh, Maggie Haberman and bring up over and over that Mark Meadows is a tough guy, that he didn't cry. But if he did right. cry, it was probably about something else. And <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. And we figured the only way to address it, uh, all of these strange, I don't know if it's psychosexual tensions or psychosadistical tensions that Trump and Haberman have. And then Mark Meadows is the third in this strange uh, menage a trois. Anyway, here's the first mashup of the 2020 seasons. Let's get it. DJ Kid Midas, we're back on these streets. Long live Disco the Parakeet. Could it be? The election profit makers are back with another banger for 2020. Thank you, Kid Midas. Kiss me up before you go. Maggie Haberman Summertime sadness Maggie Haberman I just wanted you to know Maggie Haberman Baby Maggie Haberman Maggie Haberman Maggie Haberman I even read a story where Mark Meadows was a tough guy He was crying He was crying This is a Maggie Haberman You know, she won a Pulitzer Prize for her coverage of Russia But she was wrong in Russia Girl, you know you wrong for that You know you wrong for that so was everyone else. They should all give back their Pulitzer Prize. Yeah. Tough guy. He was crying. In fact, it turned out that the crime was committed by the other side. Girl, you know you wrong for that. You know you wrong for that. So Maggie Haberman gets a Pulitzer Prize. She's a third-rate reporter. New York Times. Your stick, ass friend, thongs all up in your crack. Wake up, Maggie. Yeah. I think I got something yeah. to say. Last week, you saw that. People thought it was a commercial. It wasn't a commercial. It's like a commercial, but it wasn't a commercial. It was just lips. I can't believe I can know you forever! Maggie. Fucking insane! Just clips. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Just clips. What's up, what's up? Fucking insane! And because we exposed her as being a bad reporter, what happened is she came out and said, Mark Meadows was crying. And they made it sound, I said, Mark, and it's okay if he did. I wouldn't, you know, look. But I think he was crying probably uh, really for the wrong reason they had it down. But he's not a crier. And if he was, I'd know cries. I could tell you people that you know that are very famous, they cry. And that's okay too, they cry. But it was a nasty story in so many ways. It was fake news. And she only did it because we exposed her. Hips, thick, ass, fat, thongs all up in your crack. Hips, thick, ass, fat, thongs all up in your crack. We found love in a hopeless place. Maggie Haberman. We found love Maggie in a Haberman. hopeless place. I feel the hunger. Yeah! Right, she's a third-rate reporter. John, what is your bet of the week? My bet of the week, guaranteed money is to short Michelle Obama being the vice presidential nominee. I have shorted her at 89 cents when she was trading at 11 cents. She is still trading at nine cents. So you can get in on that and have a pretty good return. Ask me what my bet of the week is. David, what is your bet of the week? Same bet alert. Same bet as you, buddy. Shorting Michelle Obama. I bought 20 shares of no, Michelle Obama will not be the 2020 Democratic vice presidential uh, nomination. Now, I'm not going to bother waiting 
until the nomination is actually clear. I'm going to try to just do a little bit of wave riding. I bought it um, 92, which is not great. There's not a lot of headroom there between the crest of the wave and the roof of my apartment, the ceiling of my apartment. But I might try to ride it just for a few cents worth. I think she'll be back down below a nickel by the end of next week, right? Yeah, maybe in the next few days, yeah. We can only hope because I want that money back to do other stuff. Predict it. Give us some better markets, all right? Call us, please. Please call us. Predict it. We have we have markets. We have ejector seat markets we could give you. We have all these types of markets. I mean, come on now. Come on. Come on now. Come on, Brandy. Come on now. Come on now. Predict it. Come on now. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Another episode of Election Profit Makers in the history books. Send the audio file directly to the Smithsonian, the Hall of Giants podcast exhibit. Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. You can support us on Patreon. That's where the mashups will wind up as downloadable files. That's patreon.com slash election profit makers. And please, if you have access to iTunes software, please rate and review our podcast. Leave us a friendly note, or more importantly, leave fellow curious listeners a friendly note. Encourage them to listen to this podcast. Election Profit Makers is sponsored by predicted.org. Go to predicted.org slash promo slash EPM20. Receive up to $20 in matching funds. For Starly Kine in absentia and John Kimball, I am David Reese. Have a good week. Hang in there. Goodbye, John. Bye, David. Bye, David.